Hello and welcome to McGrawsome Sauce, the podcast all about helping entrepreneurs level up and become awesome. Each week I bring you actionable advice to help both you and your business grow. This week I interviewed a great Canadian designer, Cam Schreiner. Cam works for a Vancouver-based agency called Highlight, where he does some amazing branding work. Cam believes in using a people-first approach to his work, really inviting the people that he's working for into the project so that they become the people he's working with. He believes a collaboration and the ability to really listen will lead to great things in your work. So if you're ready, let's dive in with Cam Schreiner. Cam Schreiner, thank you so much uh, for joining me. This is a real treat. Um, you're like the first like branding person that I brought on to the show because I don't I don't necessarily talk about like like branding that much for me. So thank you so much, Cam Schreiner, uh, branding aficionado, model Canadian citizen, and overall good guy. <laughs> Uh, perfect intro. Love it. I love that uh, intro. Glad you didn't use too many buzzwords because that's always something that that bothers me is when people think too too highly of themselves. They need certain designations after their name or a certain way that they're explained to boost their ego more than anything. It's like we're just two guys. We're just two Canadian guys talking about things that were that we're so passionate about. There's nothing really more than that. You're right. Two Canadian guys that talking about our passions, maple syrup. Uh, yeah. hockey, uh, specifically Toronto Maple Leafs hockey, because you guys don't have anything out there on the West Coast. And um, maybe our, our lifted trucks, maybe our plaid sweaters and what we have in the closet. It's mostly just blacks and reds that are in my yeah. closet. I don't know what's in your closet. And, uh, all very black shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Canadians love to talk about the weather. So is it cold where you are? Because it's sort of where I am. Yeah, you know what? We're we're getting uh, down. It's October, so it's starting to get a bit cold. And I, I actually didn't know <laughs> if you had kind of the if the lifted trucks proliferate, proliferated through Toronto and through the East Coast. Because I know in uh, I'm out of Kelowna, so out of our okay. city, we have a massive kind of like redneck hunting that kind of population. So the city is kind of split between like an up and coming tech center. Okay. And something that's kind of trying to rival Vancouver and then like the redneck trade side of, of Kelowna. So it's kind of funny. And I didn't know that was the same out, uh, out east there. So ha have you been to Toronto? I have not. I haven't been any further east than like Red Deer. Oh, so you've never even seen the, the rest of the prairies? Yeah. Okay. So in Toronto, um, uh, just north of Toronto, there's a massive region called Muskoka. Uh, you may have heard of like Muskoka Definitely region. Bad, it is, yeah. It's just a massive swath of land that like Algonquin Park, like Algonquin Provincial Park, as big as that is, it fits inside of Muskoka. Like Muskoka is massive. Muskoka is like, is like 50 little cities and towns, uh, like Gravenhurst, Bracebridge, that kind of stuff, Perry Sound, stuff like that. Um, and so Torontonians typically escape uh, uh, and that's where we go for cottage country. Not everyone does this, right? But everyone who likes to escape the city life, that urban life, um, they go up to Muskoka region. And it doesn't matter where you go because there's always lakes and boats and fishing and hiking and all that, and beaches and stuff like that. So um, that's where you'll see the lifted trucks a lot. And I've seen guys like rolling coal, like hard, just like on the beaches of like Huntsville and stuff like just, just, just huge behemoths. Like you can hear them coming and it's always quiet there. So when you hear this, just like exhaust, like, 
um, yeah, we definitely have that type of culture. It's not in the city, obviously, but there's a few guys, they run construction jobs and stuff like that. So I know all about the lifted truck, like kind of demographic. Don't worry. I don't have one myself, but I know all about it. How, uh, how, how long does it take you to get out of the city? So like from where you are, what is kind of the time frame to get out of into the wilderness where you might see a lifted truck? In the wild. Uh, so I would say any anyone from Toronto that's going to listen to this episode would probably agree with me that the more lifted trucks show up in a in a town called Barrie, and Barrie is directly north of Toronto. There's one highway, one artery that goes all the way up to Barrie, and why, by the time you hit Barrie, just when you get outside of it, you're in kind of like almost Muskoka region. You're you're pre pretty much in it. Wasaga Beach is quite famous, and Innisfil and things like that. So. Um, um, as soon as you hit Barrie, which is about on a good day, like 45 minutes on a bad day, like two hours, like it is Toronto after all. So, um, that's how we measure things. It's not in distance out East. If you go out East, they'll, they'll tell you, uh, how, you know, how long does it take to get somewhere is not the vernacular they use. They'll use distance. Oh, it's about 30 clicks or it's about 25 kilometers, 15. It's only 10 kilometers. It's two kilometers down the road. Torontonians can't think that that how long is that going to take me? Is it 15 minutes? Is it an hour? Because, because 30 kilometers, we can do it in like, in like, you know, 15 minutes, we rip our highways, but in traffic, we can't do that. So everything is like, how, 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 how much time will this take me? Should I leave the house? I probably shouldn't leave the house. I'll just stay where I am. It is Toronto. I have everything, right? That's hilarious. Yeah. I, I don't know that life as much. I, I worked for a short stint in Vancouver doing like a video production and on set with video. So I was living like in the heart of Vancouver and I kind of got a bit of that traffic, but where I'm from, if it takes more than say 20 minutes to get somewhere, people are so lazy. They won't, if your house is 20 minutes away from someone else's, they'll actually think hard about coming over that night really? for a year or whatever, where it's like anyone else I talk to that's either from further West or further East in the bigger cities are like, that's a breeze. I'd, I'd do that by sleep. Whereas everyone in Cologne is very lazy about the distance they travel. Torontonians would be happy to Uber that distance, knowing how cheap that, that Uber ride would be. We would be happy to Uber back and forth. We'll pick up whatever you need on the way. That would be a discount for us. That's hilarious. I, I got to come out east sometime and visit uh, you and Julian and all like the other Canadian uh, creatives that I know. Well, uh, he's, Raul. he's further east. He's in Montreal. But what you'll do is you'll fly to me at Pearson, and then we'll go fly to uh, him in Montreal. Actually, we could drive there. From the, you, I'll, you'll, you'll come to me, we'll get in the car, and we'll go see Julian, and we'll go party in Montreal. That's what we'll do. I love it. I, I just love how many uh, interesting creatives, interesting entrepreneurs, interesting um, like-minded kind of creative idea generators there are around the world, let alone like in our country. Mm. Through the the use of social medias alone i've met so many awesome people and had so many conversations like this which absolutely fired me up and help uh grow my skill level and my acumen and my ability to perform not only for myself but for clients just by having these kind of conversations because it either solidifies an idea or it pokes holes in it in the idea so i know where to readjust and what to mm -hmm. think about further yeah, there's this, uh, there's this concept that I picked up on uh, recently, and I can't recall who said it, but uh, so I, I can't credit them, unfortunately, but there's this, there's this uh, way of thinking where it's kind of like what you just said, 
talking to someone and hearing new ideas will either validate or invalidate what you already believe. And it's the invalidation that's so important. Being corrected is not an insult to your, to your, your psyche. Do you know what I mean? It's not an egotist, an egotistical thing. It's, it's not meant to like chip away at who you are. It's meant to correct you so that you can broaden your thinking and so that you can be better prepared for next time. So it's not so much validating what, you know, it's invalidating what you thought was right. You're like, Oh, there's a different answer. That's more correct. Oh, I'll go with, thank you for correcting me. Being corrected. As long as it's done in a constructive criticism kind of way, being corrected should be one of the most liberating experiences of our life. I love being, I love when I have my facts wrong, as long as I'm not spewing some ridiculous stuff. <laughs> I love it when someone says, no, that's, it's actually this and this. Really? Oh, I have to go read up on that then because I love soaking up knowledge. And so it's the invalidating what you thought was right. That's one of the most important things you can do to help you grow. I fully agree. It's, it's something that I think a lot of young entrepreneurs, young creatives don't search out. They, they fear being wrong. They fear making a mistake. So they try to make sure that what they know is either perfect or at least perfect for them. And then if someone steps on that and says like, maybe that isn't the right way, there's a lot of defensiveness when you should mm. be, you should be holding so loosely to your own ideals that if someone yeah. comes with a different piece of information, you should try to get them to prove you wrong because in doing that, you're going to grow so much more. They're going to grow so much more. And it's more of an open conversation. Whether you agree with each other or not shouldn't be the basis of conversation. It should be, both people should be trying to almost prove themselves wrong. So instead of coming into like a debate where you're trying to switch the other person's opinion, you should both be coming in trying to change your own. That's an interesting concept. Unfortunately, debate doesn't work that way. You're trying to convince them to agree with you and, and switch their mode of thinking. But if only we could, we could have that sort of, sort of, it's almost the reverse of a hidden agenda. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like everyone knows when you go to a debate of any kind, the agenda is not hidden and you're meant, like I'm tr trying to switch your thinking to mine. That's the whole point of a debate. Um, and that is not a hidden agenda. That's very much surface level. Everyone knows that's what's happening, but it's almost the reverse of a hidden agenda where I come to you and like, Cam, I think I'm wrong. And I bet you could prove me. I bet you could prove that. So why don't you just explain to me why I'm wrong? And then you're doing the same thing. It's like this most, the most liberal, liberating thing you could possibly be doing. And it's almost freeing creatively. Yeah. Like imagine some of the things that, that you believed as a designer, as a creative, as a, um, a starting entrepreneur from the beginning. Hmm. And you've only held on to that because someone else kind of set that as a standard. Someone else, there's other people that right. came before you that kind of set that as the standard for the industry or for whatever. If you do that kind of uh, assumption reversal, then you could be so much further ahead and you're not held back by something you're just dragging along that's not uh, serving you. I love the fact that you, I would really like to know how you incorporate this into your work. And obviously I want to talk to you about branding and design um, and how, and how everything we just talked to maps back to the work you do for your clients and the relationships that you build. Um, I'm not sure how you work, but gauging from everything that you just said, I imagine that you have a very collaborative, inclusive process where someone else's opinion or many someone else's opinions matter to you. And you probably take in Again, I have no idea, and I'd love for you to clarify, but you've probably taken a bunch of feedback and a bunch of differing opinions so that you can ultimately form the best result for your clients. And I'm sure you're taking your clients' opinions in too and, and their wants and desires and what exactly their goals are. How collaborative 
of a process is it for you when you're working with people? Because I know it is for me, but I'd like to know how collaborative it is for you. And is collaboration, I'm sure there are varying degrees of it, but is it kind of like one of the focal points of the work that you do? Yeah, that's an amazing question. And it's funny because uh, over the last year, we did a bit of a brand refresh for the agency I worked at and uh, work at. And one of the core values that got brought to the forefront was collaboration, was something that we all wanted to focus on, both individually and as a collective throughout the agency, is how can we make everything we do more collaborative? There's five, six different departments that we have to work with on a daily basis. How can we collaborate together to get this product out for the client the best way possible? And how can we also find better ways to collaborate with that client? So when I was younger, I always thought that we're hired on as the experts and what we say should be law and mm. the client should just kind of take us for our word and move forward with whatever we say. It's, that's a very um, opposite approach to what I do now is you have to care about what the client thinks, how they feel, how that brand affects them, as well as their target persona and their, their core audience. You can't say it's all about your core audience as much as we as designers say that often, that's not true. It is maybe 80%, but there's still that 20% that has to be about that business owner because who's going to be the first brand champion? The guy running the business. If he's not fully bought in, how do you expect him to push that message? How do you expect him to sell this business, these services, if he's only 50% bought in and other 50% just doing it because some guy told him to? So we have really added more collaboration into our processes and that's something that we're constantly auditing and finding better ways and better uh, communication tactics to make sure people feel like they are a part of something versus just having something given to them like if you were uh, given something that you knew came from a, um, a factory a production line it was just the standard off the shelf thing. And then I told you I made something out of wood and I carved it myself. You'd probably hold a higher value to the second thing, even if they looked exactly the same, because we mm -hmm. love something that has that human touch. We love things that are bespoke. So mm -hmm. the more that you can do that, you can put the human into it and the collaboration into it, the better end result you're going to have. There is something to be said about, um, you know, I think, I think designers take this term so over the top sometimes. Ooh, a designer. Oh, he's a designer. She's a designer. Ooh, what kind? Like, it sounds so bougie and it sounds so over the top. And at the end of the day, like, I'm not trying to devalue the profession, but we're not surgeons, okay? We're not pilots, Okay, we may be affecting lives and affecting daily choices of people, but we're not saving lives. And there is something to be said about us being um, almost like a contractor, right? If you hired a contractor to come in and remodel your kitchen, um, and he says it's going to be about six weeks, 20 grand, whatever, you have, a, you have an understanding of what will be delivered. And then at the end of that six weeks, what you thought in your head didn't show up in the kitchen. And it's some sort of like 19... 
1910, 1920s Victorian style kitchen. Like I wanted postmodern. What, 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 what the hell is all this wood? I don't want any of this. Oh, well, that was my vision because I'm the designer. I'm the design contractor. And I'll tell you what I think your kitchen should look like because this is the vision that I have. But I'm the one paying for it. There has to be something said about the, the ownership of it all, right? It's like you said, you want your clients to buy in. To, to the vision and they've already bought into their own vision. They just need us to help express it and to develop it further and push the boundaries of it even further or else they'd be doing it themselves. Obviously they need some specialists on their side, but there's something to be said about, they are the ones bankrolling this. They're the ones, you know, starting the project. They're the ones who came to you essentially. And so should they not be a part of their own process? Should they not be a part of um, uh, their own thing, their own baby that they've worked hard to build? If it's your kitchen, you want it done your way, surely. And any contractor who can't agree to that, that he shouldn't be hired, right? And so there has to be something about the person who's going to use this brand or the person who's going to use this logo or identity or whatever it is, they have to love it too, right? And so you have to have kind of respect those boundaries, right? Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And it's, it's not uh, my a buddy of mine, Tony Dosat, De, says, Dosat, I always get his last name wrong. He says, stop being precious. Stop being so precious with your title. Stop being so precious with your work. Stop being so precious where with like your ego as this creative. And the same can go for entrepreneurs, but you should be listening to those other people. Like you said, like they need to feel like they are part of that as well. Um, there's this thing where, a lot of times in people's processes, you have an initial meeting with your client, you get some information out of them, then you leave for three weeks and then you come back and present them something like that's, that's not very um, collaborative. You, don't, you wouldn't feel good about that as much as you would if I met with you the second day and clarified some of those things you talked about. If I started showing you some sketches or some ideas, so start walking you down that path, then we feel like we're going in the same direction together versus just leaving and then like surprising you your client should never feel surprised they should they should feel if anything delighted but yes. they shouldn't feel surprised at what you did because it should be pulling from conversations and things that you guys did together um, earlier and better better because of that yeah i love that i love the fact that if you were communicating with them from the very beginning they wouldn't feel surprised they would be delighted by what you made but it should be expected i oh wow so you did end up going with that color or it is bigger than i thought oh but it's beautiful it's sort of what i thought you would do anyways because you've been involving me this whole time and there is that yeah. there is that that it's just human decency is what it comes down to at the end of the day and any profession can have this it doesn't matter if you're in the design industry or um, uh, you work in retail. Like there's, there's got to be something said about the human, the human connection here, and the and 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 the respect for each other's decency. And that I am a person too, and I, I would love for my voice to be heard just for a second, you know. Um, and I love the fact that you said stop, stop looking at your title as being so precious, because at the end of the day, I, I usually am pretty good at giving myself a reality check. I'm like, you're just a commercial artist right? You're not just a commercial artist, but sometimes it's good to have that reality check before you try to force feed some design theory down someone's throat that they never asked for. I'm like, I don't care about any of that. I just want my logo done, man. Like, I, I, you think I understand what a pica is? Like, I know you don't. <laughs> I don't blame you for not knowing design theory, but it's also my job to deliver you results and not force feed you with information that you didn't care about or force, force my thinking and, and, and the way I look at the world onto your project, this needs to be a collaborative thing. So I love the fact that you 
you have this human touch, this human connection in your work that I'm sure helps you with everything that you do. That's the only thing that's helped me. Like the only reason I have the job that I have is not because of some design prowess. It's not because of some amazing skill. I actually got hired because of my personability, my ability to talk to people, listen to them and understand them. And in my interview, I got told that my work was not strong. Like that, that was the first thing that was like, it was basically like you got the job, but, and it's like, your work isn't that strong. And that was an amazing thing to be honest with where my uh, shortcomings were right up front with me in that first meeting. And uh, my CEO, Tina, always feels embarrassed when, when I remind her of that. But I felt like that was an amazing thing that she did for me. And having that honest relationship right up front allowed me to, to look at myself and be like, oh, shit, I thought I knew everything. I actually don't know that much. And that lit a fire under my ass for the next four years of I'm going to learn everything I can about these things that I'm passionate about. So if I was to have, and we have like quarterly reviews and we obviously have client meetings on a a weekly basis. So I didn't want that to also show up in a client meeting where I'm presenting them something and they cringe. So I worked my ass off so that I could say that I can go toe to toe with any designer and deliver the results that the client is looking for as good or better than anyone else. But it didn't come from there. So it starts with those personable skills. It starts with being a human first, being able to work on a team, being able to work with other people. And you can build the technical skill from that. But it's really hard to come in with a really strong technical skill, no personable ability, and build it opposite. So I've never seen that work really well for people. I'm sure it does, especially if you're a solopreneur. But anyone that's working on a team, anyone that's interfacing with someone else, you're going to have a heck of a time if the thing that you focused on was technical ability before personability. I was just about to ask you that. If you were in a position to hire, would you hire another one of you knowing that um, they had the personality, that they could talk on the phone, that they're you know easygoing, the client feels welcome, the client feels listened to. Um, oh, wow, I don't need to do any interpersonal work with this new hire because they're just, they're just great. The clients always leave feeling happy. They love coming to this place. They're not miserable. Knowing that you could teach the technical stuff. All right, I can sharpen your Photoshop skills. I can sharpen your design chops. I can, I can show you how to tighten up your work, but I really can't teach passion. And I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I have the psychology skills to teach human interaction and human decency. Um, I think we can equate a lot of what we do back to like sports and the gym. And I do this a lot. Like if you were training someone on a hockey team or a soccer team, if they're, if their skating's a little off or their puck handling's a little off or they can't quite shoot or uh, they just don't know how to make like a standing tackle in soccer or something, you can teach all these things, but you can't teach fearlessness. You can't teach passion. You can't teach showing up an hour before practice so you can get another hour in before the rest of the team shows up. You can't really teach the fire that burns in someone to get better and to want better and to strive. So if knowing, knowing what you know now, would you hire another cam if you were in a position to hire? Yeah. And, and we're like, we're, we're right now in a state of growth. So we're looking for more people to bring onto the team. And that's what we look for is we look for uh, a good culture fit. We look for a good um, personality and someone that's coachable, someone that's teachable that can learn those skills. None of us were born, like you're saying, to skate, to, to shoot a puck. No, none of us were born to do design. We all had to learn that technical skill, but 
if you were raised correctly and you are around the right kind of people, you were born with that ability to talk to one to another person. You were born with that ability to empathize. And that is a, a slower uh, journey to try to learn. So my, my wife is a grade three teacher and she works at a private school. She was actually very nervous to switch from public to private as a teacher because she thought that the, the stakes are a lot higher. These parents are paying really good money for their kids going to school. So she has to make sure that her uh, level of academic teaching is raised to that level. Yeah. He's now three years in and she's getting so many parents requesting for their kids to be in her classroom. And it's not because of her academic teaching. She teaches uh, character building she teaches confidence she teaches community and empathy in her classroom and she started to find that way and she started to find that eq was actually a strength more than iq for her and also for kids that are young so if you're young and you're learning eq you're gonna do amazing because mm -hmm. whether or not you learned your addition or subtraction or whatever the heck you learn in grade three that does not matter in the long run. You will learn that, you will get those, those technical and IQ skills in the long run. But if you can't get along with kids in your classroom, you're gonna have a heck of a time. I was just about to ask you that, do you think that empathy can be taught? Like, is, is, is this actually a transferable thing that, that we can learn? Of course, yeah, like anything can be taught. It just, the person has to have the will and the want to learn that. We right. all have things that, we are, that we're strong in, or we come in with like, a deficit in a certain category doesn't mean we can't learn it. It just means it'll be harder for us to learn. It's going to be harder for me to uh, run a hundred meters than someone that was built to do that. But it doesn't mean that I can't learn to do it. I won't be the best at it. And the same with empathy, same with anything. You may not be the best at it, but you can learn to get better at it. Um, you just have to want to. And there's always going to be certain hindrances where some people were born with like muscle um, atrophy and, and like different things that hold them back from ever running. There's going to be like the 0.01% of the population that's not built for empathy, but they're going to have a hard go no matter what. 99.99% of us can learn it and can learn it to the degree where we excel because of that skill. On that note, what do you think is next on the horizon for you in terms of what you're looking to learn, what you're looking to put into your own skill set. Is there anything on the horizon that you're looking to weaponize, you know, whether it's learning empathy to, to, to better your work and to inject more life into, into the brand that you work for, into the business that you work for. Is there anything that you want just on a personal level? Is there any, you know, whether it's a book or an author or a new system, is there anything on the horizon for cam that you're really looking forward to like inject it? Well, I mean, other than soon to be parenthood, I'm sure you got lots to learn between now and then, don't you? Oh, fuck yeah, I have a ton to learn uh, on the personal level more than the professional even because yeah, we have a baby coming in end of February and I don't know anything about kids. That's, that's my wife's strength, so I'm gonna be leaning on her a lot. Um, but on a professional level, there's, there's always more for me to learn. So in the last year and a half, I've started to dig deeper into the verbal side of branding, the verbal side of like identity creation. So messaging, tone and voice, how that should be 
um, crafted before the visual side. So like learning about these things that I thought were, again, like assumption reversal. I thought that you know, when I was young, I thought only the logo mattered. Then I thought like the visual identity was the most important thing. Then I started to understand the verbal identity and the strategy behind all of that. So it's, it's just adding a block onto this foundational knowledge that I've had, uh, that I've been building over the last seven or so years. But something that I'm really digging into right now is along the lines of empathy, better question asking, uh, learning to be a better coach, because with that, you can, you can lift up others both uh, on your team and around you, but also that helps you dig deeper with clients because you're learning the right questions to ask them. You're learning how to guide them to those answers instead of just giving them an answer that's not going to do them any good you're you're there to coach them that's what you're there to do and your tool that you use a lot of the time is going to be in the form of creating them an identity creating them a website doing something with your strength in some kind of visual creation cam i think that was a really like insightful and inspired answer and um i think it's a health a good healthy reminder for me too that there's probably no upper crust limit of empathy and understanding that you can inject into your, oh, well, that's all the empathy we need for our lives. No, there's always going to be more of that, that you can inject more kindness, more human, just awareness of what someone else might be thinking. And you don't need to be clairvoyant. You don't need to be, you know, telepathic. You, you just need to listen. You don't need to be inside their mind. You just need to listen when they're willing to speak. And when, when, when the time to listen is there, you just need to kind of be aware of that. And that's, that takes a lifetime to learn. But if you're going to learn all those things, I'm going to learn all those things. And um, like we said earlier, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to like rendezvous eventually and we'll be able to compare notes in person and we'll go round up all the wicked Canadian designers in this country and we'll go like, we'll do like a big Zoom conference first to test the waters and then we'll go do a real life kind of like uh, in-person get together when we're finally allowed to do that. Oh, totally. And but that's what this is about, right? Like it's learning where are my shortcomings? Where, what are things that you've learned in your journey that I may have missed in mine? Just because someone is in an industry longer than you doesn't mean they know more than you in all categories. Like we've had uh, new designers uh, join our team, come straight out of school and I'm listening to them. I'm like, man, I went to a pretty shitty school. So I'm going to listen to see what this guy is. <laughs> they're, they're teaching me things that I didn't learn not only not in school, but not in my journey thus far, but I'm like, oh, this is wicked. This is something that I can add to my tool belt. And it's getting out of your own way and getting, um, pushing your ego aside because any person that you meet will teach you something if you're listening hard enough. And if you're trying to listen to gain that, that information out of them, to gain that lesson out of each conversation you're in, you will find some information. So take every person you meet as this like golden goose that they have all this information that you probably don't have and how can you get that out of them and then how can you share your experiences back with them so you both come out a winner oh i got chills cam that was that was beautiful man are you are you sure you're not writing a book like part-time that you're just like on the side dude that's honestly that's one of the things that i have the hardest time with and anyone can see if they go to my social i don't post often because I like to do more of this, this mm. conversations. I'm starting to uh, work towards having more videos posted for my own uh, personal brand, but I have the hardest time writing. For some reason, mm. like staring at the page or trying to put my ideas 
out without a conversational partner hmm. is the biggest struggle. And I have a, a business coach of mine that's living with me. Uh, he's a really good friend and that's where his strength is. So I'm slowly starting to learn kind of the techniques of getting what is easy to access in conversation and accessing that when I'm by myself, by a notepad, by something I can write down. It's like I said, we all have things to learn. There's one of mine. Wicked. Uh, Cam Schreiner, thank you so much uh, for being with me. Um, I've learned a lot from you today and I hope that we can do this again because I know you like to do this kind of stuff and I want to talk to you again. So let's do this again uh, very, very soon. I want you back um, and I want to talk to you and I want to, I want to, maybe, maybe I'll let you, maybe I'll let you, uh, you know, bring uh, your son or daughter into the world and I'll let you get settled with that. And we'll talk, we'll talk uh, uh, um, uh, post, post, uh, childbirth and we'll see what uh, daddy cam has to say about the world now he looks at the world in a different way yeah you see you rolling your eyes you're already like oh, Jesus. No, I'm saying I'm like yo you might you might be better off getting me right before then because after that <laughs> yeah. what kind of conversation are we really gonna have I'm gonna be so like sleep deprived it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but hey if you want to do it I'm always game for conversation and anyone that's listening to this like I love when people reach out and they want to go live on Instagram they want to do a podcast they want to just have a zoom call like I've, I've met so many amazing people like yourself just because people aren't afraid to take the plunge and say, Hey, can we connect? Can we jump on a call? That's what you did. And look at this. Right. And now we're, we're building this friendship across the country mm -hmm. that we're going to nourish and it's going to take us amazing places. So what my last message would be to anyone out there, reach out to those people that you think are unattainable and say hi and tell them what you think, how you feel, build those relationships because relationships are how you're going to build towards a successful life and a successful career. Build those relationships is basically all that I can say to you. That's great. Thanks, Cam. Much love. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you got real value from it. Cam is such a great guy. I love talking to him. It's always helpful to talk to someone in your field who has a bit more experience than you because you can learn kind of the highs and lows of their career and what they did to succeed. Also, the advice that he gave just helps pretty much everyone in every industry. Listening to really understand is a helpful tool in any line of work. If you like this episode, feel free to like and subscribe to the show. Leave a helpful comment and a review as I'm trying to grow the show. Every little bit of support helps. I'm going to keep bringing you more great content just like this. So be sure to stay tuned and stay McGrossome.